Uh, so today for Father's Day, I got a real treat for you. I'm going to talk about money. <laughs> uh, I've been waiting to do this for a while. You know, we don't, we don't preach a lot about money around here. We don't, um, unfortunately, the subject of money has been abused over the last few decades within a lot of churches. And that was just something that we made a concerted effort not really to dwell a lot on money. Uh, usually once or twice a year, I may talk about tithing and teach on that. Tithing is an incredible blessing and incredible truth. Uh, but, but in talking about prosperity, for the last several weeks, we have preached on kingdom prosperity. Even before that, we've been talking about the kingdom quite a bit. We talked about uh, the Sabbath of faith, how that in the kingdom, it's a, it's a perpetual Sabbath or a perpetual rest. You're yoking yourself with Christ. You are co-laboring with Christ. So it's not like you're sitting around doing nothing, you know, you're productive, but you don't have to bear the stress and the weight of labor and work. He said his yoke is easy. His burden is light. So if I am yoked to him, the only burden I'm required to carry is his burden. And he says it's light. So if I am stressing out over things in life, if I am worrying too much in life, it's not coming from him. And I'm carrying an unauthorized burden, right? And, and so all these incredible benefits of the kingdom. We've been, the last few weeks, we've been talking about the contract that God made with us through his covenant. He made the contract. He said, look, I've got all this stuff I will provide for you, and I will take care of you. I will shelter you. I will, I will give you a name. I will make you great. I will bless those that bless you, curse those that curse you. All this, this incredible contract, which is the entire word of God, healing, faith, encouragement, freedom from addiction, freedom from depression, freedom from, I mean, you name it, all these benefits. Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. God comes with a benefit package. And, and our position on that contract, as we've been learning the last few weeks, is all he asked Abraham was, trust me and be obedient. Just trust me and do what I tell you to do. How do we know what his will is for us to do what he wants us to do? His word. If you can just obey his word, follow his word, and trust him. That's the key. You've got to have faith. You've got to trust him wholeheartedly. Trust him more than you trust anything else. And trust his word. Follow his word. Follow his instructions. And if you'll do that, man, what an incredible kingdom that we have. And we talk about that quite a bit, that the, the kingdom of God is here. And we're going to get into it. First of all, we have a sponsor for this uh, sermon We've only actually only got one announcement today. If I can get this to work real quick, let's see. You may have to help me out, Sophie. It's not clicking. My clicker, there we go. My clicker's not clicking. Did you do that or did I do that? Oh, you did it. Thank you. Sophie's got my back. Speaking of Father's Day, my beautiful daughter over there. Uh-oh. We went one too far. There we go. Uh, tonight, for all the parents who have teenagers going to youth camp... David and Becca Lamprecht will be doing a video conference with us tonight at 6 p.m. It's going to be via Google Meet. Uh, the, I believe she put the link in Slack. If you're not signed up for Slack, I encourage you to do so. If, you're, if, if, you, if it's not working for you or whatnot, see Becca Lamprecht, and she will make sure you get that link. But that's going to be tonight at 6 o'clock if your youth is going to uh, summer camp. And it's going to be great. I'm going, I'm going to be there, man. I'm going to be partying. And so my goal is for your child to come back five pounds heavier because I'm the cook. So, so man, we're going to be throwing down on some food. 
right, let me see if this will work. So let me give it a, no, nah, it's not working. So, so I'll have to cue you, okay? All right, you're good and awake, right? All right, good. Heavenly treasury, let's jump to the, the next slide real quick. Let's talk about when I, when I say the word prosperity, kingdom prosperity, I'm not talking about money. Money can be a part of prosperity, but money is not prosperity. Prosperity is something much greater. Money is just one factor, but we need to prosper in love. We need to prosper in our marriage. We need to prosper in relationships. We need to prosper in our careers. We need to prosper within the community. We need to prosper in our health and our body. Our minds need to prosper. And it means this, to flourish and to succeed. We want to be flourishing and successful in everything. And in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is actually a place of flourishing and success. Doesn't mean that you're not going to have pitfalls. Doesn't mean you're not going to have trouble. Doesn't mean you're not going to have heartache and heartbreak in life. But during all of those circumstances, you can still have flourishment and success. Amen. Go to the next slide for me. Rich, when I talk about rich, it's not exclusive to money. Rich just means abundant and plentiful. Uh, the Bible says that the blessings of God maketh rich, maketh one rich and addeth no sorrow. In other words, it doesn't mean that the blessings of God is going to make you a trillionaire. You're going to have more money than you know what to do with in your bank account. It means it makes you abundant and plentiful. Most of us live in abundance. I said it like a few weeks back. How many, we, we need one pair of shoes, right? Because we need something to cover our feet. How many pair of shoes do you have? Most of us have more than one pair of shoes. So that means, hey, even in that, you are abundant. When you start thinking about all the way, we need food, right? Do you only have enough food for one meal in your cupboard? Or do you have enough food for several meals? Well, then you are abundant. Some people don't even have that, right? So, so we live in the richness of God. Let's go to the next slide, Sophie. So when I say kingdom prosperity, this is what I'm talking about. The ability to use God's power to meet the needs of mankind in every facet of life. We can live in kingdom prosperity where we can use the word of God, the power of God, the power of a spirit, the power of our faith and our words to meet every need, not only in your life, but in the life of everyone that we come into contact with. We can be so abundant and blessed that we can help meet needs via the power of God. It doesn't have to be via your wallet or via your possessions, but via the power of God, you can meet needs. And we have a whole lot more needs other than just financial needs, okay? So what we're going to talk about today is a principle, and this principle works for anything in the kingdom of God. Uh, this principle, if, if you need love, you can invest love into the kingdom, and you will reap love, right? You will get back love. If you need faith, you can invest faith into the kingdom. You'll get back faith. If you need friends, you invest friendship and you get back friendship. The Bible says it. Uh, if you want to have friends, show yourself friendly. <laughs> That's what the Bible says, right? Uh, if you need peace, if you sow peace, you'll reap peace. If you need grace, be gracious with people. You'll find that people become massively gracious back to you right? It's kingdom principle. Jesus talks about it. Sowing a seed, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap, Jesus said, right? You're not going to sow cucumbers and get tomatoes. If you sow cucumbers, you get a lot of, if you plant one seed of cucumber, 
you'll get a bunch of cucumbers on that one vine that contains lots of seeds. So from one seed, you get back a lot of seeds, right? It works. This is how the kingdom of God works. Mutually, it's the same principle with money. If you sow money, you reap money. That's part of it. It's in his word. It's biblical. Now, I'm going to, if, if anyone's getting tense, relax. Pastor Dave is not asking you to give me one dime. <laughs> I'm not asking you to give a dime to me. I'm not asking you to give any more money to the church than what God will tell you to give. I'm, I'm, what I'm wanting us to do today is understand the principle of being 100% reliant on God as our source to where we trust him with every aspect of our life, including our finances, and to sow as he directs us to sow. And the kingdom of God is not just gathering church Viridian. We are just a parcel of it. He is, his kingdom is everywhere. His kingdom, matter of fact, he, will, he may have you sow into areas that you don't get to write off on your taxes. You know, you give an offering to the gathering church in a way that we can log it. Well, we can give you a receipt at the end of the year and you get to Count that toward writing off some stuff for your taxes. Well, praise God for that. But his kingdom isn't always tax exempt. <laughs> his kingdom is much bigger than that. His kingdom may be someone on the side of the road that you sow into, and there's no way for them to give you a receipt or ever pay you back. And yet he will bless you for that abundantly. So now keep in mind also moving forward, Jesus taught out in rural areas. He taught within the city. And depending on who his, uh, who his uh, audience was, he would give different examples. So when he was out in the rural areas, he talked about the kingdom of God in terms of farming quite a bit, right? He would say, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. So he would talk about seed because those people understood. I could put one seed in the ground and I get a bunch of stuff back. And he would say, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. Well, man, what farmer wouldn't, oh, treasure in a field, man. If I'm plowing my field and I find some kind of treasure in my field, I'm hitting the jackpot, right? Now, when he was dealing more with business folk, folk that had quite a bit of money and possessions, he would talk in terms of commerce and banking. It was the same principle of the kingdom, just different metaphors, Everyone following? So he may talk about sowing seed or planting seed to a bunch of farmers. When he's talking to businessmen, he would talk about investing treasures, or in modern terms, finances, into various investments and accounts, just to teach the principle of the kingdom of God. Okay? So moving forward, what we're going to talk about today is not try, you, me trying to get you to put money into this church. <laughs> I, want you to, I want you to trust God for your finances in the kingdom. And if God directs some of it into this church, great, grand, fine, whatever. Our, our blessing, our financial blessing within gathering church is not going to come from the pastor twisting your arm, trying to get you to give money. If God blesses us, it's because we are faithful to his word and we are faithful in our, in, in our trust of him. And we're obedient to what he wants us to do. And he'll take care of us and he'll bless us. Amen. That's how he always does. He already has. Uh, I think a few months back, we were at 73, 75% of where we wanted to be year to date with the budget. 
uh, just as of about two weeks ago, we were at 93%. So, hey, he's providing gaining ground. I have full confidence and faith in my Lord. By the end of the year, we'll finish right on track, probably with a surplus, because that's the way God operates, right? Uh, uh, and, and we're going to do that without manipulating or guilting anyone. We're just going to trust him. Amen. But what I want more than anything is for us to grasp what it means to live in the kingdom. And that's trusting him with every area of our life, money being one of them, right? And, and I've, I've, for my own life, I've proven these principles and I've seen them, I've seen it in this work over and over in my life, okay? Doesn't mean that you're going to be a bazillionaire. Because really, like I say, you're already a gazillionaire because God said, I'll provide all your needs. Anything you need, I'll provide if you have faith and you're, you're, you trust me. All right, let's go to the next one. Sophie, let's talk about heaven is near, this concept real quick. We're going to read a few scriptures because we talk about this quite a bit. But for anyone who's new, this is the concept. When we talk about heaven or the kingdom of heaven, we're not talking about the sweet by and by, the great cosmic city floating around uh, that we actually all get to go to. Uh, I've got loved ones and I believe in an eternal abode. I believe in a heavenly place that we all get to go when we cross over. Matter of fact, my dad is already there. I wish him happy Father's Day. I miss him. Uh, my brother, 10 years ago today, 10 years ago today was the last, I never didn't realize it would be the last time I talked to my brother. We had a 10 minute phone conversation. We were both going to pick up our daughters. Last thing we said to each other was, I, I love you. He told me he loved me. I said, I love you too. He was my big brother, 45 years old. I had no clue. An hour and a half later, he would pass heart attack. So, so I get it. I believe in heaven, our eternal abode in heaven. Every year gets sweeter and sweeter. I'm not saying I'm ready to go yet. <laughs> There's a lot I want to accomplish. I'm still here. But, uh, and as, as, ten, as tragic for me and my family as 10 years ago was when my brother passed, it was actually the greatest day of his life. Boy, he got his reward. You know, I, I wouldn't wish him back, especially with some of the mess we've all had to go through over the last 10 years. Boy, I wouldn't wish him back. But, but this is not a concept that's new. This is what John the Baptist came preaching this. So uh, hop to the next slide for me, Sophie. Matthew 3, 1 through 2. We're going to go through just a few scriptures real quick. Notice, in those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. It's not the great, some great cosmic thing in the sweet by and by. It's, it's near, it's tangible, it's here. It's a realm that we get to live in and step into, right? Luke 17 uh, verses 20 and 21, this is Jesus talking. He had a bunch of Pharisees come and try to, try to trap him in a, in, a, in a question. He says, now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. So here we, we've got, it's so close that it's actually within us. Next slide for me, my love. Romans 14, 17. This is what Paul says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. He, was, he just got through talking about dietary rules. So he's saying kingdom of God isn't about following rules and regulations per se, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So where does the Holy Spirit dwell? In us. So the kingdom of heaven is contained within the Holy Spirit. We have access to it, and the Holy Spirit is within us. So it's really close. Matter of fact, in Matthew 10, 7, this is what Jesus told the disciples, because the disciples, the Bible says they went out and preached the, the gospel. 
Well, by the way that we describe the gospel nowadays is, oh, the gospel, they preached the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. No, they didn't preach that. <laughs> that's part of the gospel. That's part of the good news. It's how we get to enter into the kingdom. But he said, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. That's the good news. That's the good news. The good news is, just like things are in heaven, we get to decree that for our life right here. We get to decree. Are there any counselors in heaven in the sweet by and by? Does anyone have to deal with depression? No. So I can claim heaven right here, right? Just as it is. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What your will is in heaven, let it be done right here on earth. I get to bring heaven right here and say, in the name of Jesus, I am free from depression. In the name of Jesus, are, are there any addiction clinics in heaven? No. no. So I can claim freedom from addiction right here. Is there any divorce courts in heaven? No. So I can claim that my marriage is strong and good right here. Is, is there... Is there any uh, bankruptcy courts in heaven? No. So I can claim blessings on my, pro my finances now and protection on my wealth right here. So, see, the, that's the principle. That's the good news is you don't have to die to go to heaven. You get to live in the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And we've learned over the last few weeks, our access to the kingdom of God is faith and the redemptive work of Christ and obedience to the word of God. Trusting him and obeying. It's the same thing, the same contract that he gave Abraham that we're grafted into, right? So, so there you go. There's, there's our, there's our uh, hey, it worked. Or was that you? Was that you? Or was it, oh, it was me. Yes. They've given me the power back. All right. So everyone following me on heaven is near, right? We've talked about it. It's not anything new. We talk about it all the time around here. But for any of our new folk, we're just kind of resetting that, right? So let's talk about a heavenly treasury, right? Say the word treasury. treasury. It's, it's an old school word for an account, right? Uh, in, in modern vernacular. Now, back then, they did, the banking system was not set up the way it's set up these days, right? So if a lot of the wealth that you would have, you would keep within your home, locked away safe or protected, or whatnot. So whether it was jewels, whether it was precious metals, whether it was actual coinage, whether it was fine linens, whatever that wealth was, you would keep it protected, right? Uh, nowadays, most of our wealth we put into banks or investments or whatnot. But it's the same principle, right? So this is what Jesus has to say. Well, first of all, let's talk about what a treasury is. A place in which stores of wealth are kept, the place of deposit and disbursement of collected funds, right? So it's a treasury is a place where you are going to store wealth and you're going to keep it, but you'll also disperse it from there, right? Which is basically what an account is. <laughs> so we're going to use the term account. Again, as we get into this, this is the same principle that he taught to the rural folk of sowing a seed, reaping a harvest. Now he's talking to business people. And he's talking in terms of economy and banking so that they understand. Matthew 6, Jesus is preaching a sermon to folks. And he says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. 
that's the problem. Like they, they would have to protect these precious linens that they had and this coinage and all these metals because they were, they were going to tarnish. Uh, moths and bugs could eat them. Nowadays, we have to kind of watch out for our wealth because I mean, we can stick it in the bank, but depending on what Wall Street does, depending on what inflation is, depending on how much the bank's going to charge you for this or that, right? You've got you to kind of watch out for, you know, we, we can try to depend on our wealth, but there's a lot of stuff that's coming against our wealth within the marketplace, right? Amen. And so that's what he's trying to tell these folks that have a lot of stuff. He's like, look, don't, don't be so dependent on this stuff. He says, store your treasures where? In heaven. Is he talking about the sweet by and by? No, he's been teaching the kingdom of heaven is right here. It's now. It's the kingdom you get to live in via faith. When you wake up and say, Lord, I trust you with everything I got. And I trust your kingdom. And I'm going to walk in your kingdom. And I'm going to walk free today. That kingdom. That accessible kingdom. He's saying, store your treasures there. Because moth and rust cannot destroy. And thieves don't break in and steal it. Where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So we can, we can pursue great wealth and treasures here on earth, or we can trust him with everything we have and, and, and handle what wealth he's given us according to his word. And you can, you can tell where the desires of your heart is because it's whatever you trust most. Do we, do we trust the, the world's economic and banking system more than we trust the word of God? Or, or vice versa, right? So he's saying, hey, if you store your treasures or if you invest your wealth into his kingdom, man, things can't touch it. You're, it's not subject to the times, right? It's not subject to what the inflation rate is. It's not subject to percentage rates. It's not subject to anything else. Matter of fact, Jesus taught one parable where he's taught, you remember the parable of the, the farmer that was sowing on different type of soil? And when he, when he invested, when he sowed on in good soil, you remember what happened? So that he reaped a harvest 30, 60, or 100% more than what he sowed. That's some pretty good numbers, right? I mean, I'm not an economist, and I'm not a financial whiz. Even if you say, hey, well, I'm, I'm going to invest in something solid, like an IRA, it's well, you may get a little bit of increase each year. It's not going to be a lot. If, if you want a lot of increase percentage-wise financially, usually you have to invest in things that are a little bit more risky, right? You can get greater gains, but it's a greater risk. So that's not even dependable. What Jesus is saying is, hey, when you, when you invest in the kingdom, there, there's not a risk, he says, and, and where your treasures, their heart, your heart will be also. But he goes on to, if you hop down to verse 24, he says, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Notice the two different verbiage there. We get to serve God, but when it comes exclusively to money, you become enslaved to it. It's not so much servitude, it's slavery, right? And so what he's challenging them is where are you putting your trust and your faith? Are you putting it, your trust as God as your sole source? 
or your, your finances, your economy, your, your investments, your treasure. Because whichever one, whichever one you're leaning toward, you can't serve them both at the same time. Does that mean, oh, well, you can't, if, if, you, if you live for God, you can't have money, you can't have things. Nope, I'm not saying that at all. And that used to be taught when I was a kid. Uh, and we'll get into that here in a second. Uh, but not saying that at all. Uh, then he goes on, he hops down, he finishes up the sermon. He just gets through talking about folks that are so concerned with bills, right? Or what, what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? You know, what about this? I've got bills. I got to, I got to pay this subscription. I got to make sure I got this paid. I got this, 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 this. And he goes on and he says, what, what are you worried about? You're worried about what you're going to wear. Look at the lilies of the field. They're more beautiful than anything Solomon even had to wear. Solomon was one of the richest men ever. He says, and you're worried about all that? Look, the lilies of the field God takes care of even better than he took care of Solomon. And that's flowers that are going to be here one day and then thrown into the fire the next day, cut down, thrown into the fire. And so he, he goes on to say this. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, right? Now that's key because what are we supposed to be? We're supposed to be believers, or we're supposed to have faith in the Lord. If we have faith in the word of God, we know, hey, Lord, I trust you. I'm going to obey your word. I'm going to be a good steward of what you've given me. And no matter what, you are going to take care of me. Even though it looks like I got a waterfall ahead <laughs> about to go over, you're going to take care of me. And if you, if you determine I need to go over that waterfall, you're still going to take care of me. It may be a crazy ride, but I'm going to come out okay at the end, right? So he's saying, these are what thoughts of unbelievers or those who don't have faith. For your heavenly father already knows all you needs. So seek the kingdom of God. Don't seek wealth. Don't seek riches. Don't seek money. Don't seek all this stuff. Seek the kingdom of God. In other words, study it. Seek it. Figure it out. See how it works. Understand the principles. When you understand the principles of his word, you understand that it's God who gives you, who creates the power to create wealth. It's God. Any wealth you get comes from him to begin with. So you, you might as well not trust the wealth, you trust him, right? That's what he's saying. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. In other words, be obedient, do what he says, and he will give you a little bit of what you need. No, everything. He'll give you everything you need. If you put him first, if you seek him first, he'll provide. You think, you think you can create opportunities for wealth? No. Seek him first. If you're gifted and talented in that area, seek him first. And you talk about doors that'll open to you. He'll open doors nobody else can open. He'll shut doors nobody else can open, right? All right, so moving on. Everyone still with me? All right, there we go. All right, so I want you to think on this. Think on this really quick. Actually, I think we may have missed one. Go back one slide for me, Sophie. All right, so this is what Luke says. Luke, well, uh, Jesus says this in Luke. Luke didn't say it. He just recorded it. <laughs> so we saw a sermon in Matthew. Jesus is still preaching the same thing over here in the book of Luke. Again, he's saying, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek my kingdom. Don't worry so much about the world's economy and how it operates. If you learn the way that things work in the kingdom, man, yeah, I'll take care of you. He says, seek the kingdom above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father 
great happiness, a lot, not just a little bit of happiness, but God gets hyped. He gets excited. He is thrilled to give you the kingdom. Is there any lack in his kingdom? Does anyone, is, is, is there, is there uh, any, anything that is disappointing in his kingdom? No. There may be some things in the world you're disappointed in. There may be trouble, but if you are in the kingdom, you can operate and navigate through those things just fine. So notice what he says here. Again, he's trying to get their trust off of what they have, off of the blessing, and get their trust back on the blesser, right? So, so don't, don't be obsessed with your wealth, but seek him first. This is what he's trying to teach them. So he says, sell your possessions and give to those in need. Now that sounds stout. And a lot of people have used this over the years to try to talk about, see, you walk with the Lord, the vow of poverty. There's nowhere in the Bible that says you have to take a vow of poverty. Sorry to disappoint some folks, but it's not in there. But see, you can't have a lot if you live for God. That's not what he's talking about. Say, but sell all my possessions and give to those in need. I'm not going to have anything. No, actually, you don't lose any of it. Because notice it says, this will store up treasure for you where? In heaven, in his kingdom. So in other words, you are storing up treasure. That's an old biblical way of saying you are depositing into an account. Everyone understand? Everyone still following me? right? I'm not saying if you do this, then God's going to heal you. You can't buy your healing, right? Or if you do this, you know, if you give the preacher a hundred dollars, he'll give you $10,000. You know, God's going to give you $10,000. So you can try it if you want to give me a hundred dollars. You, you can try my, I'm not doing, I'm not going to tell you I'll do it or not. It's, uh, but what I'm saying is you can trust God that if you invest anything and it counts not just for money, it counts for anything you need, anything you want to invest. We had a lot of people give a lot of time to VBS over the last few weeks, a lot of time. What did they do? Well, they lost a bunch of time. No, they didn't. They didn't lose anything. They invested that time into an account, if you will. Again, this is Jesus's metaphors. Well, guess what they get to reap or guess what they get to withdraw from that account time. God's going to bless them. Give them a chance to catch their breath. Give them time with their family. God will multiply their time. Sometimes he'll multiply it by allowing you to get far more done in less time. Pretty wild, isn't it? So this will store up treasures for you in heaven. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. It hasn't gone anywhere. So if you invest finances, you invest love, you invest time, whatever it is you invest into the kingdom. Attention, it's going to be safe. No thief can steal it. No moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. All right, let's go to the next, next one. Sophie. So I want you to think about these things real quick. Everyone still with me? Yep. Yes. Anyone falling asleep yet from those tacos? <laughs> Not yet? Good, good, good. Wake up, Peter. I saw your hand go up. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is near. It's within us via the Holy Spirit. And it's accessible, right? So whatever, whatever heaven presents, we can access it, right? That's what Jesus is teaching. If you need healing, you can access it. If you need encouragement, you can access it. So we do not need, 
here, here's, here's my question, because they used to always tell me this in Sunday school. Look, if you're faithful, and, and you know, we, I'd, I'd always take my quarter and drop it in the little you know, coffee mug there in Sunday school that Sister Hazel Gay would always have for us to take up our little offering, right? And she'd tell us, she goes, if you're faithful with God, he's gonna, you, you're laying up treasures in heaven. When you get to heaven, you're going to have so much money. You're going to have a crown. You're going to have the mansions. You're going to be, here's my question. Why do I need money when I get to heaven? Do I need bling up in heaven? Do I need finances up in heaven? No. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So where do I need finances at times? Here. Am I going to need love when I get in? No. The whole place is full of love. Where do I need to experience love? Right here. Where do I need faith? Right here. So I can sow faith and receive it here. Where do we have needs? Here. <laughs> so, uh, it would, would it make sense to open an account at a bank and put my paycheck in there? And they say, okay, Mr. Butler, well, you can get this when you die. No. If I put something in the bank, I need it back at some point, right? There's going to come a need. I'm going to need to pay a bill. I'm going to need to provide for my family. I'm going to need to maybe go on vacation. I'm going to need something. I'm going to need to invest in something. In other words, if I'm holding it in an account, I need access to it. Why would God create an account and Jesus say, and put, open an account in heaven, <laughs> invest in this treasury. Oh, but you can't have it until after you die. Well, what do I need it after I die? Right? So in other words, Anything you sow into the kingdom, you've not lost. You will have it when you need it. Trust me. Just like now, you put your paycheck in the account. When you need to pay your bills, you got access to it, right? I spent a lot of, I was 28 years old when I began getting serious about tithing. And, and I'll get into that here in a, in a, in a week or so. But, but from that point, uh, I've, there's never been uh, any time that I've missed paying tithes since I was 28 years old, all the way up to when I'm 51 years old. I've, I've never, I've never been late ever since then. Now, prior to that, man, I was nickel and diamond trying to, I couldn't make ends meet ever since then. The Lord has provided for me. I've never been late on a payment. Now, some of us, I, I do, do my best to live within my means, but, but never been late on a payment, never, never defaulted on anything, any of that stuff. Right. And there's been times that God has had me invest all kinds of things into the kingdom, whether it was finances, whether it was love, whether it was care, whether it was concern. I did that for five years here in this community, for five years, right here in Viridian. And when I went into the hour of my greatest need, where I didn't know how I was going to make ends meet financially, I didn't know what was going to happen to me, my whole world had blown up, so I thought at the time, and most of y'all that have walked with me during that time, you saw it. When I needed to make a withdrawal, if you will, <laughs> from my heaven's treasury, it came back to me in abundance. In less than a week's time, I was in a better spot physically, emotionally, financially, spiritually than I had been in 20 years. In less than a week's time. When my greatest need was there, it flooded but it was investment. It was just, 
me doing things, being obedient to the word of God and trusting God. And it has not stopped since. Every time I have a need, it is there. There's nothing that I have ever sowed into the kingdom that has not been poured back on me in some capacity when I've needed it the most. Amen. So we deposit or lay up treasures in our heavenly account. We also have access to it when we need it most. Amen. Uh, so real quick, everyone with me, we're going to hit one final point. This is just to establish the kingdom mindset when it comes to money, but not just money. Apply this to anything you need, anything. If you want, if you want to be abundant in peace, sow peace, invest peace. But let's talk about the love of money. Money is not the problem. The Bible says the love of money is. Hop to the next slide for me, Sophie. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, for the love of money. Actually, if you read 1 Timothy 6, man, it, it's an incredible chapter on kingdom-minded money, <laughs> right? It's, it's phenomenal. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So money is not the problem. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Now, that doesn't mean you can't like money. There's a difference between liking money and loving money. I said this the other week. If I told you all, hey, today for Father's Day, I'm giving every single one of you a crisp $50 bill. I don't know a single one of you that'd be like, oh, I don't like money. No. <laughs> There'd be smiles all throughout the house. Woo! Glory to God. Look at this. Does that mean you love money? No, it means you like it. And why wouldn't you like it? It can make things happen, right? It's a useful tool. But you don't have to be rich to deal with the love of money. There are some people that have absolutely nothing and they struggle with the love of money. The love of money is this. What do you love more, money or God? If God asked you to give X amount to such and such, are you obedient to it? Do you say, Lord, I love you? Whew, that may make things tight, but I trust you. Here, I release it. Or do you say, nope, I can't do it, God. That's, where you, that's the love of money. When you love money more than you love God. So there could be somebody who has absolutely nothing that still wouldn't be willing to be obedient. Right? And yet there are some folks I know who are very wealthy. And are so full of the love of God that they constantly obey him and they're constantly giving like crazy. Some of the greatest givers I've ever met are wealthy people. And they quietly do it with great joy. And then God keeps blessing them. Why? Because they keep giving like crazy, you know? So it says, and some people, here it is, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith. So what's the true faith? The true faith is having faith in God as your source and his word. So all of a sudden people have begun to crave money more than they have craved God and his word, right? And it says, and it pierced themselves with many sorrows. Because of that, they pierced themselves. They pursued riches, pierced themselves with many sorrows. Yet the word of God says, as I quoted before, that the blessings of God maketh rich and addeth no sorrow, the Bible says. So when you pursue God, he still blesses you richly, but doesn't add sorrow. When you pursue riches, yeah, you'll pierce yourself with sorrows. Uh, the Bible saying, all right, next, next verse. My clicker's not working again. That's all right. So here's a perfect example of it. Very perfect example. Uh, there was a, the rich young ruler went to talk to Jesus. Now with everything we've talked about, I want you to look at the story in the light of everything we've just talked about. Uh, and I've, I've seen this preached and used to talk about 
See, Jesus asked this guy to take a vow of poverty. No, he didn't. He didn't ask him to do any such thing. He was only trying to introduce him to the, the same principle, sowing and reaping, investing and withdrawing, right? It's the same principle. So as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, Jesus said, hey, this is eternal life, to know God and to know his son whom he sent. That's eternal life, to know God and to know his son. So he says, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him and knelt down and said, hey, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said, why do you call me good? Jesus asked, only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. So he understood this was a good Jewish kid. I say kid, he was a young man. This was a good Jewish guy. So he starts basically listing out the Ten Commandments. He goes, well, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Hop to the next slide for me. Thank you. Now, notice that Jesus got through seven of the commandments, and the guy interrupts him, right? He goes, okay, 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 teacher. The man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Yes, I followed that. Now, notice what he said. I have obe I've obeyed the commandments. I followed the rules, right? We got a lot of Christians that do that. A lot of Christians, well, we, I, I, can, I can show you lots of people who are living a very godly moral life, right? So their lifestyle would be very obedient to the word of God, but they lack one thing, faith. How many Christians do you know that live very moral, godly lives? But yet when it, when, when, all hell breaks loose in their life. They panic, they get depressed, they fall apart, they start backbiting, they start arguing. There's just a world of craziness goes on. What are they lacking? Faith. They're, they're living the part. They're, they believe in God, they just don't believe God, right? There's a lot of Christians. Well, that's what this young guy was. Hey, he'd followed the Ten Commandments all of his life. So he, he believed enough to obey, but you also need faith. Remember, it's faith and obedience, right? So looking at him, Jesus felt genuine love for him. Jesus loved him. He's like, man, I love this guy. This is what it's about, man. I wish all these young guys were like this guy. He's following, he's following the law. So he felt genuine love for him. And so he told him, he goes, ah, but there's still one thing you haven't done, right? You're, you're obeying but now I just need you to have some faith. I need you to trust me. So he says, there's one thing you haven't done. Go and sell all your possessions. There it is again. He's just trying to get his trust off of his wealth onto God. It's not anything different than what he preached in Luke, right? He says, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. And you will have, there it is again. Treasures in heaven. Hey, you will be storing up. You're going to be depositing all that stuff that you gave away. You haven't lost any of it. You're going to deposit it into heaven, into a heavenly account. Then come follow me. Well, had he been obedient, had he trusted him enough to be obedient, he would have heard everything else Jesus teaches, that the kingdom of heaven is near, that you got access to heaven, that you haven't, you haven't lost any of it, that moth and rust and, stuff and thieves can't touch it. That, hey, when you need it the most, you're, you can get it back with dividend. 
right? This is all the stuff he's trying to teach. Go to the next slide. This is what happens though. At this, the man's face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. Why was he sad? Because Jesus asked him, hey, stop depending on your possessions. But I got a lot of them, man. I worked hard for them. Well, I just want you to depend on me and understand anything you do, you're not going to lose. You've actually invested it in something greater. And you'll get back when you need it the most is really what he's wanting to teach him. So Jesus said, and this has been misconstrued. I used to have hear people teach, when you get to heaven, you ain't going to find a lot of rich folk. Because mm. Jesus said, Jesus isn't talking about the sweet by and by. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven, which is right here. This peace, this righteousness, peace, and joy we all get to live in. And we have access to by faith in him and obedience to the word of God, right? So he says how hard it is for the rich to enter or to have access to the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because especially during this time period, the rich were putting all their faith in their possessions and their wealth rather than God. And you can't do that and have access into righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Everyone following? Makes sense? That's what he's saying. He wasn't saying, whoo, rich people, it's hard for them to get saved. No, he's saying the kingdom, everything that the kingdom of God has, it's hard for these rich folk to understand this. That if they'll just let go of everything and trust God, man, he'll keep blessing them. They're not going to lose a thing. And yet, we, that's the joy we get to live in. Now, there's been, you know, 2,000 years since he made this statement until now. You know, there's, there's a lot of wealthy people who are incredible men and women of God who have learned the power of the kingdom, who trust in the Lord, and yet they've, they've invested in the kingdom. God's directed them how to invest here on earth as well, and they've become even more blessed. Uh, I will say this, one reason why, those of you who live in Viridian, one reason why this neighborhood exploded and has been blessed is because it was actually an investment into the kingdom. Say, so, well, I thought it was an investment in Bob Kimball and Howard Porteous's pockets. No, they were blessed by it. But when they invested in this and got other investors, they, they said, this belongs to God and he wants to do something. We want, number one, we want to plant a church. We want to build a community that we can plant a church in. Voila, right? And they said, plus, we want all the other surrounding areas to be blessed because we want the property values to go back up around Viridian. So we want to invest and bring up the north side of Arlington, which had been deteriorating for a number of years. And so we want to plant a community that God can help bless everyone around us. Now, were, were they blessed? They, they were able to sell the, the, the company or the, the, they sold Viridian to Johnson Development, made a beautiful profit off of that. But if you ever sat down, and I'm not trying to tell you their business, they would tell any of you. If you ever sat down and had dinner with them, that the Lord instructed them, there is a cap on the wealth that you will make and everything above that cap belongs to me. And you'll do with it as I tell you to do with it. And they said, yes, sir. And that's how they've been operating, right? So what is that? That's kingdom-minded wealth. Are, do, they, do they get to enjoy some of the blessings? Absolutely. 
God allows them to be blessed. And, and it's not just unique to them. There's business men and women all over the, all over the world that operate like this into the kingdom. That, that they, everything they do is kingdom minded. That's what Jesus is talking about here. Okay. Uh, hop to the next one for me, my love. Uh, wait, wait, we went one, one for, there we go. First Timothy. Nope, nope. You're almost there. This is, this is how everyone's still with me. Where are we at? Oh, I know. I went a little long today. I'm going to get, I'm going to get fussed at. That's all right. Take a number. Get in line. I'm already been getting fussed at. All right. First Timothy chapter six, starting with verse 17. This, this is an absolute incredible teaching. Uh, this also shows that in no way did Jesus mean that rich people couldn't get saved or that if you're going to follow me, you couldn't have anything. Because look, he's a, they're addressing the rich right here. It says, this is Paul writing to Timothy. He says, hey, teach those who are rich in this world. He didn't say teach them to be poor. He says this, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God. Again, this is the teaching. Look, praise God for any blessing you have, but don't put your trust in the blessing because it's all going to fall apart anyway. Say, well, I got a beautiful house in this neighborhood. Praise God for that. Guess what? 10 years from now, you're going to be doing maintenance on that house because it's going to be falling apart a little bit, right? That's just the way things are. But but something about God never withers, right? Because he stays the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It says, their trust should be in God who richly, there's that word again, who richly gives us all we need just so we can get by. No, for our enjoyment. Huh, how about that? God actually wants you to enjoy life. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. In other words, be willing, if you are rich in good works, you are sowing into the kingdom. And sowing into the kingdom, does, again, doesn't necessarily mean you give to a church or you give to a preacher or you give to a ministry. I know one gentleman who carries around a $100 bill in his wallet because he prays, Lord, you show me who to give this $100 bill to. So sometimes if he goes and gets a haircut, he'll go to like Supercuts or Procuts or one of those type places. He will tip the barber $100 as God directs, or he will tip a waitress a hundred dollars, or he will, you know, give a hundred dollars to the person who helped, helped him at the airport. What is he doing? He is sowing into the kingdom. He is meeting the need of someone and being obedient to the Lord. So what is he doing? Now notice here it is. Here's this teaching again. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasures. There it is again, making deposits as it were, as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. So that's, in summary, this is what I'm wanting everyone to get. And we're talking about kingdom prosperity. We spent a lot of weeks talking about prosperity that has nothing to do with money. I said, uh, money is pepperoni. Pepperoni is not pizza. It could be part of pizza. <laughs> money can be part of prosperity. It's not part of, pro it's, but it's not prosperity as a whole. But since it is part of prosperity, I want us to talk about it a little bit because I want every single one of you to be blessed and your finances. And you're going to do that not by giving to Pastor Dave. Although I'd be blessed if you did. But no. <laughs> not by giving to Pastor Dave. You're going to be blessed when you trust God with everything you have, including your finances. And you're obedient to his word. 
And if he instructs you to invest and to give in some capacity into the kingdom in some way, you, you can have full faith that he takes note of it and that you've not thrown money away any more than you've thrown love away if you've loved somebody or if you've shown grace to somebody or you've spoken faith into someone's life. If you invest financially into a part of the kingdom, it still exists and you'll actually give it, get it back typically in surplus. And, and we can talk about that as we go. Sneak peek for next week. If you're like, all right, well, how do I invest in the kingdom? Financially, there's actually four general categories and just about every way that you can invest will fall into one of these. And, and so this is a sneak peek real quick. There's tithing, right? Tithing. You actually tithe. You don't tithe to me. You don't tithe to gathering church. You actually tithe to Christ. And we'll talk about that next week. You tithe to the high priest, the Bible says. Investing in the gospel, right? So when we give to our foreign missionaries, we are investing in getting the gospel into foreign lands. If you give, if, when you give to Gathering Church, we all, we're always having community outreach initiatives where we're trying to share the good news of Jesus to the community and to the greater community. You're investing in the gospel, the preaching of the gospel. Giving to the poor, when you give to the poor, do you realize that Jesus, that Proverbs says, and we'll talk about it next week more, but Proverbs says, when you give to the poor, you're actually loaning to God. And he'll repay. That's, that's a pretty cool truth, isn't it? Say, hey, I want, you, I want you to give to this person. Well, that person has no means of ever giving me that money back. God's saying, don't you worry about it. You be obedient to me. It, consider it a loan to me. And if God in Romans told us not to go in debt, you think he's going to be in debt? <laughs> He'll, he'll pay you back. That's what he said. Also, giving as a praise to God. Do you realize there are, there are times that when God does something incredible in your life, you want to praise him? There's lots of ways to praise him. We can praise him in song. We can praise him in action. You can actually praise him with your finances. There are those who will give an offering. Say, hey, God did X, Y, and Z for me. I'm just so, I want to give him praise. So I'm, I'm going to invest this into this particular ministry or into this particular area of the kingdom. So you can actually give a praise offering. So just about any way that you can invest financially could fall into one of these categories. So we'll talk about that. Depositing and withdrawing next week, okay? Is everyone comfortable with this so far? Anyone, anyone shaky? Everyone understand? I, you know, say you're trying to get more money. No, I'm not trying to get anything out of you. What I'm trying to get out of you is faith, all right? God's going to bless me because I'm obedient to him, not because I talk you into giving me money. So I'm not even good at that anyway. So, uh, but I want you guys, what I'm after is your faith. I want you to have so much faith in God that he winds up flourishing you and prospering you in every area of your life, including your finances. Wouldn't it be incredible if we had a whole church full of people that were debt free because we, we were so obedient to the Lord that he actually helped us get out of debt. Could you imagine what we could do for the kingdom if all of us were debt free and say, hey, look, we need to send so-and-so on a mission trip. Bam, it's paid for. You know, hey, we're trying to invest. You, you want to talk about being able to build our own facility debt-free? <laughs> Man, if we had a congregation that was debt-free, that'd be no problem at all. Amen. And that's how the kingdom works. That's what I'm trying to get us into, right? So, all right, here's your homework. Go to the next slide for me. Here's our next step. Everyone stand up. Look at that. Pastor Dave got you standing up. Happy Father's Day means we're wrapping up. 
As always, same homework. I want you to read, review, meditate on these scriptures. I'll put these scriptures, I'll put my notes out on Slack either tonight or tomorrow. Uh, So I encourage you, if you're not on Slack yet, get on there. Uh, Hopefully those of you who are on Slack have been able to take advantage of some of those notes and meditate on them, chew on them. Get them from your head into your heart. Discuss them with your friends. Discuss them with your family and your neighbors. Uh, 2 Corinthians tells us, uh, because we believe, we also speak. That's part of exercising your faith. That's how you started your faith journey, right? You believed in your heart, confessed with your mouth that he is Lord. Well, that's how you do everything else in faith. You believe it in your heart, speak it out with your mouth. So here are some possible confessions you may want to think about doing each day of this week. Today, I trust God more than I trust my wealth. Holy Spirit, instruct me how I can be a blessing with my money this week. I thank God for the ability to deposit my investments into his kingdom. Amen. Father, I thank you so much. Thank you for your kingdom. Thank you for access. Thank you that you take great joy in giving us that kingdom. And so, Lord, we're going to just take some time and learn how we can trust you in in every area of our our life, even our finances, (coughs) to, to invest into the kingdom And to realize you are our source, you are our wealth, you are our protection. And anything you ask us to to do, any investment you ask of us is held safe within within your your hands. And that you give richly back when we need it the most, Father. We thank you so much. Teach us to trust you more than we trust anything else. Teach us to walk in faith and to walk in obedience. We glorify you in Jesus' name. Let me speak a blessing over you. We're going we're gonna to sing one more time together. Let me get out of your way, Mr. Chasen, since we're having to share the same uh, pulpit today. I'm going to leave that there with you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship together one more time as a family.